for potions to ease their anxieties, but none came to do her evil. A man and a woman stood in the windy darkness of the threshold. The man was silver-haired with noble features and wore a blue cloak fastened with a gold clasp. The woman was not much more than a child, her swollen abdomen barely concealed by her billowing cape. The first thing Mira saw upon opening the door were two frightened eyes set in a pale face. The man's face. The girl's face was twisted in pain. Mira stood back and let the wind usher them in. She had to fight to close the door, the lamplight dancing wildly on the walls, her long black braids flying out behind her. When the door was secure, she turned to find the young woman sinking to her knees. It is her time, the man said unnecessarily, struggling to hold her up in his arms. Setting down the lamp, Mira nodded toward the pallet in the corner and helped him lay the young woman down. They said in town that you would help, he began. Her name, said Mira. I must know her name. His eyes looked haunted. Is it necessary? Mira could feel his fear. It washed over her like a winter rain. When she paused to look into his terrified eyes, Mira laid a hand on his arm and murmured, No matter. The goddess knows it. So, Mira thought as she quickly set to work, they are fugitives, running from someone or something, wealthy by the look of their fine clothes, and they have come a great distance, strangers to Palmyra. She's my wife, the man said, standing in the center of the room, uncertain what to do. He was studying the midwife. When he had come to this house on the outskirts of the city, he had expected to find a crone. But this woman was beautiful, and of an age he could not guess. He waved his hands helplessly. Smooth hands, Mira noted in the flickering lamplight. Long and beautiful hands, like the man himself who was tall and handsome and refined. Roman, she concluded. A very important Roman. She wished there were time for the proper preparations, to read the stars, to consult the astrological charts, but there was none. The birth was imminent. The man watched the healer woman as she hastily prepared the hot water and linens. Back at the inn, the hosteler had spoken of her in reverent tones, she was a sorceress, he had said. Her magic was more powerful than even that of Ishtar. So why, wondered the Roman as he looked around the small room, did she appear to live meanly, without even a slave to answer a late-night knock at her door? Hold her hands, said Mira, as she knelt between the young wife's legs. Which is her god? He paused before saying, We worship Hermes. They come from Egypt, Mira thought, nodding in satisfaction. She herself was Egyptian, and therefore intimately acquainted with Hermes, the savior god. So she leaned forward and traced the sign of the cross of Hermes over the supine young woman, touching forehead, breast, and shoulders. Then Mira settled back on her heels and crossed herself as well. Hermes was a powerful god. It was a difficult delivery. The young woman's hips were narrow, 
she cried out frequently. Her husband knelt solicitously at her side, pressing a cloth to her forehead, securing her hands and murmuring to her in the Nile Valley dialect Mira herself had spoken many years ago. It fell now like sweet music upon her ears. I have been away for too long, she thought, as she braced herself for the arrival of the baby. Perhaps before I die the goddess will grant me a last glimpse of my green river. It is a boy, she said at last, sucking gently at the tiny nose and mouth. The Roman hovered close, his shadow falling over the baby like a protective blanket. The young wife, relieved of her labor, sighed deeply. After Mira had tied and severed the cord, she placed the baby at its mother's breast and said softly, You must say his names now.